Hey, happy Easter, everybody. Welcome to Generations Church. I'm Pastor Troy. I just want to say thank you for all of you that are a part of uh, our Easter experience online. Whether you've never been to our church before, perhaps somebody put a flyer on your door and invited you to join us today. Perhaps through social media, you saw some of our advertising. Uh, Wherever you are and however you found us, Thank you for being here, and we hopefully you've been encouraged by the worship music, the stories, the things that have taken place today. Uh, as I preach this message to you, uh, it is all about Easter, and we live in unprecedented times. Actually, today, you and I are a part of history because we are participating in the world's first global Easter celebration uh, through technology, brought into the homes of millions of people across the world. Most churches are filled up on this particular Sunday, but today no churches are filled up. Everybody's in homes and everybody's watching online. So I just want to say thank you for joining us today and being a part. I'm not going to speak to you very long, just a few minutes. So I got a great story we're going to tell you here and show you a video clip in a few minutes. But I I just wanted to speak and just share a few things about what Easter is, what it means to us that are Christians, because today we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to assume on the other side of this camera lens that everybody here today that's watching is a Christian, is a follower of Christ. Perhaps you had nothing else to do on a Sunday morning and you're clicking through and you found this and you're listening right now. However you found us, just realize and know that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world and it is through Easter and the resurrection of Him coming to life that we celebrate today. Christianity is all about the risen Lord. Unlike Judaism or Islam or Hinduism, all other religions of the world that suddenly came onto the scene slowly This Christianity, Jesus' resurrection, exploded into life. This is the purpose of Easter. It is the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, because the resurrection changed everything. Even time is based upon the resurrection. Death lost, love won is our theme and our title really for today's message. Death lost, love won. You know, a few years ago, I heard this story about this guy that he was uh, walking home one day, and uh, he was uh, taking. Thought he would go. You know, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna take this little shortcut. You know, through the cemetery. Sometimes people are afraid to take shortcuts through the cemetery, but he decided, decided to do it. And suddenly, as he's walking through the cemetery at night, he fell into one of these uh, fresh dug graves, which would be scary in itself. And he fell in, and man, he tried everything. He just he just couldn't get out of the of the grave. He he jumped and he clawed at the side and tried to spread his legs and climb up the wall and he just he just couldn't do it and finally he was just so exhausted he's like well I'm, I guess I'm just gonna have to wait until sunrise and wait for someone to come find me so he was fine with that and he sat down on one of the far ends of the grave and just sat on a pile of dirt and about 30 minutes later some other guy was taking a shortcut through that same exact cemetery and fell into the same exact grave as the first guy. And he's in there and he's jumping, he's trying to get out and he's yelling and screaming, trying to find somebody. And, and uh, he just finally gave up as well. He got exhausted. He sat down and then all of a sudden there was a voice that came from the dark shadow of the other end of the grave saying, you can't get out of here. But at that moment, that guy did get out of that grave. And just like that guy, 2,000 years ago, Satan put Jesus in a grave. And just like that guy, Jesus 
came out of that grave. Satan probably said, you can't get out of here, but Jesus came out of that grave. There was no sin in him, and hell could not hold him, and Jesus was resurrected from the dead. He is alive, and it is the purpose of uh, Easter that we celebrate. He is risen. Just shout everybody in your house. Just say, Jesus is risen from the dead. He is alive. Shout it for everybody. Yell it at your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister. I want to just tell you the story of Easter. I, I could read from the text and read about three chapters, but today I just thought I would tell you the story and really just impart to you and under, help you understand the purpose of Easter. If you'll go back with me, if you can, about 2,000 years, the disciples were praying with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and they were praying when suddenly there were tortures and you, torches, and you could see the torches coming, and the soldiers began to snake their way into the garden. Then came Judas, who would betray Jesus and kissed him on the cheek because they didn't know who was Jesus, these soldiers. And when they did this, they seized Jesus. And amazing to me that Judas did this betrayal for just a measly 30 pieces of silver. And as the Roman guards began to seize Jesus, Peter, who was along with, with, uh, with Jesus, took out one of his his, his sword, this shiny short sword, and, and he swiped at one of the servants and cut off his ear. And Jesus actually rebuked Peter, and he said to him, my kingdom is not of violence, but of peace. And then Jesus did his last miracle. As he reached down onto the ground, picked up that guy's ear, put it back on the side of his head, and he was instantly healed. This is who Jesus was. But then they took him, these Roman soldiers, these vicious, godless mob, they took him to Pilate where they could find no wrong in him. He hadn't done anything wrong. And then they slapped him and they ripped the hair from his beard and they made fun of him and they passed him off to Herod. Then they tore the robe off of his back and they put a crown of thorns on his head and a robe of mockery upon him. And they spit upon him and they slapped him and they were there with their hands and they took him back to Pilate where Pilate gave him one of the most vicious tortures of the scourging with the cat of nine tails. The cat of nine tails is these leather strips and intertwined in these leather, leather strips are, is steel and bone. And when they would take it and whip him, it would, it would get embedded into his, into his skin and into his flesh and they would rip it. And the Bible says that he bore 39 stripes across his back for our sickness and our disease as part of the process that he went through. They then sentenced him to death. They put him this old rugged cross that we sometimes sing about, the old song, and they would put it upon his back. And Jesus began to drag this cross down the cobblestone streets of Jerusalem, carrying it until suddenly it was just so heavy that he failed, and he fell to the ground, and he dropped. And then there was this guy by the name of Simon of Cyrene who picked it up and carried it for Jesus. Then Jesus went to that place called Calvary. And he carried that cross and he hung on that cross and he was suspended technically between heaven and earth. And he was the salvation of earth from heaven. And he, he was on the cross and then there, there was this, this, the Son of God and then there was this, the time from Wednesday, we have Good Friday, but from Wednesday at about noon until Wednesday at about 3 p.m., 
It was during this time that there was great torture because the crucifixion was one of the most brutal things that someone would go through is because you would, you would be on this cross, but then to get breath, you would, have to, you would have to push yourself up to get breath in your lungs, and then your body would sink back down. And he did this for minute after minute and hour after hour until finally it came to that last breath, that last breath in his lungs. And when he reached up for that last breath, he basically cried out, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And then he cried out, it is finished, and his body slumped. Then the apostles and the disciples that were there, they took his body. They took it and they placed it in the tomb. They rolled a stone in front of that grave, and they put this majestic Roman seal on the stone. And then they hired soldiers to guard the tomb to make sure that no one would get in to steal his body because they had heard that he had said that in three days that he would rise again. All night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, the demons in hell, I could just imagine, they were rejoicing because they felt like they had won. The politicians rejoiced because they had finally quieted and stopped this Jesus. The disciples, of course, they scattered in terror all throughout the countryside. They had seemed to have forgotten the memory of the guy who walked on water and the guy who healed the lame and the guy who did all the miracles of that day. And and Jesus was the one who cleansed and healed the lepers. And even Mary, the mother of Jesus, was weeping without consolation as she sat at the cross. The Roman guards were hired and making sure that there was no way that Jesus could get out of this grave. This huge stone with the Roman seal had been placed in front of it. Satan, I believe, was probably laughing in the chambers of hell as the Son of God was incarcerated in that tomb. At the moment of death, it was still so powerful, death. But there was also this moment in the grave where there was this gloomy pit and darkness and thunder and rain and Satan and hell was rejoicing because they felt like they had victory. But then came the dawning of the third day. And that first Easter Sunday morning, I just want to tell you, right now we're in our homes and there's maybe just a few of us in your homes or maybe if you're single, you're in your home by yourself. I want you to know today that the first resurrection There wasn't very many people at that resurrection either. And even though we've been isolated into our homes, there's not very many people in your home probably today, and there wasn't very many people at the first resurrection. As a matter of fact, there was two. And then, of course, Jesus would be three. There was two Roman soldiers guarding the tomb on the first resurrection. So even though there's not many of us gathered today, the story is really the purpose. It's not the amount of people, it's the story, it's, it's the resurrection, it's the life, it's who Jesus is and what he did. So that first Easter Sunday morning when the angels swooped down from heaven, broke the seal, rolled the stone away, and then sat upon the stone, sort of like, come on, I dare you, almost like this, I defy death and I defy hell to try to come and take this from me. He rolled that stone back, and in that moment, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, rose from the dead and voices from heaven began to cry out, worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive glory and honor and praise. And Jesus then walked out after he neatly laid the grave clothes in the corner of that grave. Then he stepped out and said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me will never die 
And today we're all champions over death because of Jesus. Champions over sin. Champions over our past because Jesus is alive. There's one thing, death lost, love won. We cannot be and should not be intimidated by death because Jesus is the resurrection. And if you believe in Jesus, you believe in the resurrection and death has no power over you or who you are because Jesus dwells on the inside of you. I can imagine when the Roman soldiers came to their senses because they were knocked out basically because the power that took place when Jesus was resurrected from the dead. I'm sure they ran to Pilate and they exclaimed, he's out! Can you imagine? Their only purpose that they were paid was to make sure he didn't get out and then he got out. That would be not a good day. I can imagine all of hell at that moment began to shriek and to scream in the chaos as the demons were running frantically all through hell and everywhere they were going, going, oh my gosh, he's out, he's out, he's out. And I can imagine Satan came to the realization that the very blood that was just shed would be the get out of hell free card for all of humanity who would call upon Jesus. I can just imagine the commotion when they finally realized what had just taken place. Jesus is alive. We all have hope because death lost and love won. He's worthy of your shout. He's worthy of your praise. And I know in your homes right now, you're probably not running around shouting or anything like that, but he is worthy of your praise. He is worthy of your shout because he won and he is resurrected from the dead. This is what life is about. Easter is about the life of Jesus Christ. Amen? Jesus helps us in life to win. I don't know what your story is, friend. I don't know what you've been through in life. But there's some things sometimes in life where we're like, man, I just feel like I can't get ahead. I cannot win. Nothing can help me. We're going to share you another story of a great individual from our church, Generations Church, and how death lost and love won in her life. Watch this. Hi, I'm Yolanda Love from Generations Church, Moreno Valley. Um, this is my testimony. Uh, I was looking for love online, and I thought I had found my Prince Charming. He was kind, a sweet talker, and he, he said that he would take care of his family, provide for his family. So we exchanged numbers and we met at flying. He was a little bit pushy at first, but that's okay because most men are pushy, right? At least that's what I grew up with. I know that it's not right deep down inside. That it's not okay that he's pushy and mean. Sometimes he's really, really sweet, but other times he's just so hurtful. It goes from words to him choking me. And then from him choking me to he's punching me on the patio floor. And I remember I tried to fight back. And I shouldn't have. I know I shouldn't have. But I did, and it was stupid. I just made it worse. He stopped hitting me finally, and I'm still crying. So I go and look in the mirror and my face is caved in at my eye right here. <laughs> it's not me. I, I, I was so ugly. I was disgusted. 
He came in and told me that I was disgusting him, and I apologized. Time passed, and I started to feel nauseous all the time, like really nauseous. So a friend suggests that I take a pregnancy test, and I do, and it's positive. And I tell him, and he's excited. I'm excited, you know? Who doesn't want to be a mom? I end up going to the doctors, and the doctors tell me that my hormone levels are dropping instead of rising. And they tell me that I'm going to lose the baby at eight weeks. And they let me go home. They say it's going to pass naturally, so I go home. And I try to let the pain pass. It gets worse and worse. I get contractions. When the baby's ready to pass, I have the baby alone. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs to someone who's in the next room, and they don't even respond. But I stay. Months pass, and I end up pregnant again. This time, he wants me to get rid of the baby, but I don't want to get rid of the baby, even though I know I won't be a good mom. I, I just can't get rid of the baby. We end up homeless, living hotel to hotel, and I get really sick. So I go to the hospital. The doctors tell me that my blood pressure is skyrocketing to stroke level. And that if I don't get the baby out now, then I might pass. So they do an emergency C-section. <laughs> they hold up this beautiful baby girl. I just ask him to sit down and, you know, stay with me for a little while. I can't hold the baby by myself. The drugs that the doctors gave me, they were too strong. Just sit down and stay. But he confronts me. He threatens to break my neck. The hospital staff comes in. And they escort him out and I'm devastated. Enough is enough, so I call the CPS worker. And she gives me a choice. I either lose him or the baby. And I tell him. And him, him and his family, they leave me alone. About a year passes, and I get invited to this multi-generation church <laughs> to a spaghetti night. My daughter, she has so much fun. I'm still scared of people, but she has so much fun. And to see the light shine in her eye, that's all I want for her. So I go back. I go on a Sunday, and I pray the prayer, the Lord's Prayer. I raise my hand so high. I'm excited. Next thing I know, an usher comes into the room, and he asks, do you want to get baptized? I say, yeah. <laughs> I go in in my clothes, and I get in the water. I can't even describe how that felt. Me and my daughter have been coming to Generations Church since then. She's been dedicated here. I've done a fresh start. I'm in GCMS my second year. I'm an emerging leader. If you want to talk about how death lost and love won, I was a struggling single mom, domestic violence victim. But now, 
have so much to look forward to. I'm so happy. Man, what a powerful story and testimony from Yolanda about how death lost but love won in her life. We're so encouraged, and I believe that, you know, that really impacted many of you watching right now. Maybe you're a person who's had a bad experience, um, maybe a bad experience with church, and uh, maybe you blame God for some of the things in your life that have taken place. And I just want to encourage you today. I'm not sure um, what humanity has done, but I know that humanity generally will fail you. But the Bible says God will never fail you. The Bible says God will never leave you or forsake you. And so we have to understand that sometimes humanity will, will sin and humanity will hurt us and humanity will mess up. But we can't allow what humanity has done to us to keep us from the eternal life that God has made for us. And it's so important that you allow Jesus into your life because people have been turned off by church experiences and people have been offended by church people but people will always mess up. People will always fail you. But God is for you. And God sent His Son Jesus to die and go to the cross for you. That is the purpose of Easter and the celebration that we have is the love that God has for every one of us. Don't miss out on Jesus. Don't miss out on the love that He has for you because someone maybe had a bad day and offended you. Life sometimes is difficult, but Christ can make it easy. Like some question even if Christ went through the resurrection. Some even question whether it truly was a resurrection. Some would even say, well, I, I don't know, I think something happened. Or even, even, even people, skeptics have said, oh, I think someone stole his body. He didn't really rise from the dead. But I love what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 8, it'll be on the screen beside me. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. Then it says in verse 3, watch this, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. And after that he was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present. But some have fallen asleep, or in other words, they've died. After that he was seen by James, then all the apostles. Now I just have to ask you this, because here's Paul and he's writing Corinthians. This already had taken place. Jesus already had resurrected. And Paul is referencing that everything that was foretold about Jesus actually happened exactly way the way that they said that it would happen. Even that Jesus said this is what's going to happen and it exactly happened the way he did. Now here's what's interesting. If someone came and stole Jesus' body out of the grave and supernaturally somehow were strong enough to remove this huge boulder stone out of the way and they took his body out of the grave, don't you think somewhere, somehow, someone would uncover that little bit of a mystery? But here's what's interesting is right here in 1 Corinthians, Paul actually tells us that first of all, he was seen by all these people. And then it says right here, he was actually seen by over 500 brethren at once. 500. He was seen by Cephas, then he was seen by the 12, then he was seen by the 500, and then he was seen by James, and then he was seen by all the other apostles. Now, I just got to say this to you. If someone has been seen by over 500 and some people, if you're a lawyer, that's a slam dunk case. I mean, I got 500 plus witnesses that are going to testify exactly what they saw. 
I think that's an amazing story. It's, it's one thing to say some people had an hallucination or maybe a few people had a dream or a vision, but over 500 people all saying and testifying that they saw the risen Savior. To me, that gives me reassurance as a believer, as a follower of Christ, that I know that I know that whom I believe in and what I believe in and all the scriptures have come together point to Jesus Christ as being the Savior of the world. Now, with all of this COVID-19 stuff that all of us are in our homes today on Easter, we're not getting to go hang out with our family and eat lunch and dinner and do all the things we normally do with all the cousins and uncles and aunts and grandmas and grandpas and hide Easter eggs and hunt for Easter eggs and all the stuff we normally do. We are not doing that today because we have to stay in our homes. And so there's been some people who've been asking, We've seen it all around, even on news and different things. They've been asking if this is basically an alarming moment, whereas this, people have been asking, is this like the sign of the times? Is this like, is this like the end of the world? Is this what the Bible has talked about, where, where the last days are going to happen? And some people have become very fearful. All the people who went and took all the toilet paper before we all got it, they went in fear to get all that stuff, right? And so there are people who are in fear of these types of things, and I understand. I understand the fear that it can bring, but we have to understand some things. And I want to just share this with you, what the Bible says. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 6 through 8, it says, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. That's what we need to know. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places, all these are the beginning of sorrows, the Bible says. All these are the beginning. And so that word pestilence is actually what a COVID-19 is. It is actually something, a disease that goes and infects people. That's what that word is. If you break it down and look it up in the Google dictionary, that's what the pestilence is. And the Bible's saying this is not the end, but it's the beginning. It's the awareness of it. It's, hey, look out, start looking for Jesus' return. And all these years that I've been brought up in church, we've always talked about Jesus is coming someday, Jesus is coming someday, and we've experienced some supernatural things in the past few years of all the signs that point to Jesus returning. Now, if I am not a follower of Christ, if I don't know about Jesus, if I've just heard about him, I could be a little bit concerned. But because I have the peace of Jesus in my heart, I know that I'm good with God. There's a comfort and a peace for those who are believers. But there can be nervousness and fear if you don't really understand what's happening. I want to share with you what the Bible says. I just have a few more scriptures and then we'll wrap it up today for our Easter message. Philippians chapter 4, verse 3 says this. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. The scriptures in Philippians and it references the book of life. Now, I want to take you to the Old Testament, and look what it says in Exodus 32, verse 33. And the Lord said to Moses, Whosoever has sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. So another reference to a book that God apparently has a part of. The Bible says in Revelations, Revelation is a very uh, prophetic book. It talks about the end times of things. And it says in Revelations chapter 3, verse 5, it says, The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. 
I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. But then it says this in Revelations 20, 15. And I want you to notice what it says. And it says, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Now, this is what the scriptures talk about. This is the end times. And we're not in the end times right now. We're dealing with this COVID-19 thing. But I just want you to know that if you're alarmed, if you're not sure, if you're not confident if, with your relationship with Jesus, we know the end times are coming. We know that Jesus is returning for the church. And you can have a peace. You can have that confidence in your heart that you're good with God. And I just want you to know this is what the Bible says, that your name is written in the book of life. And those whose names is written in the book of life will enter into heaven. And those who are not will be cast out. And you can have a confidence because when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your name is written in the book. Your name is, in other words, it's almost like a reservation. When you make a reservation somewhere, you go and you give them their, your name and then they check the book to see if you have a reservation, how many are in your party, what time is your reservation. And if you're in the book, they'll get you a table. And it's the same when we go to heaven. When we stand before Jesus, is our name written in the book. So here's my question. Has death lost in your life or is it still winning? Have you hung on to the things you want to do and you just go, oh man, but if I turn to Jesus, I got to change my ways and I got to, I got to quit doing these things and those things. No, you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is recognize that you need a savior in your life and don't do it out of fear, but do it out of your faith that you know that Jesus went to the cross for you, that Jesus was resurrected for you. Jesus brought love and peace and hope and joy into this world for you. And there's great excitement. It doesn't have to be religious and boring and stiff and all these types of things that sometimes Christianity gets portrayed at. Now today I'm wearing a jacket because it's Easter, of course, and I got my flowers. But typically at our church, we're very casual about things. So oftentimes people have a perspective of what they think church is, but they haven't really truly experienced the freedom in Christ Jesus. Jesus came to set us free, not put us more in bondage. And there's a freedom that we can have in Christ Jesus. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. It is within your grasp, through your tongue, through your heart, what you believe. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us are sinners. None of us have a right to go to heaven. But because of Jesus Christ and because of what he done, he gives you an option and it's simply up to you. It's not about what grandma did. It's not about what dad did. It's not about what mom did. It's not about what my aunt did. It's about your heart. It's about your decision to receive Jesus Christ yourself. It's within your hands to make sure that your name is written in the book of life. I know that these aren't the end of the end times, but it is a sign. It is a telling that we are in those days. And there's no greater time to get your life right with Jesus than in this moment. You know, many times in church, we tell people, well, you got to make sure your heart's right with God because what happens if you're getting in a car accident when you left here? Would you know if you'd spend eternity in heaven with God? And, you know, we've heard those things. We've, but now it's actually reality. It's right in our face. What if this happens? What if we're not expecting it? We didn't expect COVID-19 to take over the planet. We didn't expect these things to happen, but there's one thing we do know. Jesus is coming. The Bible says in a twinkling of an eye, boom, he'll be here and he'll be gone. There's a sound of the trumpet and you've got to know in your heart that you're right with Jesus and there's no better time to get right with Jesus than on Easter Sunday sitting in the home with your family. It would be wonderful if all of your family found Jesus today. I'm just going to pray with everybody. It's a simple decision to choose life, to choose love and let love win because death is lost. Death loses, 
And you have a choice to let love win. And the choice is in your heart. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. It is a simple, simple thing. You don't have to change anything, but because when you get Jesus, you'll begin to want to change some things about yourself. I'm just going to pray this simple prayer. And I know it could be a little bit awkward. You're just sitting in your living room or you're maybe in your bedroom by yourself, wherever you're at. I'm just going to ask every family member, every person, just take this moment. Everybody just settle down in your houses and just close your eyes. This is a very serious moment, maybe for many people. This is a very aha moment where I'm going to remember this day where we couldn't go to church in a building, but we had to have church within our homes and watch it through the television or the internet or the computer or the phone. Whatever or however you're watching, I just want you to close your eyes just for a minute and just quiet yourself. And let's just all pray this prayer out of our heart to God. Just say this. Say, Father God, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe that your son Jesus went to the cross for me, shed his blood for me, and was resurrected for me. I receive him today as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, in just a few minutes, we're going to give you some instructions on how you can walk out this journey with Jesus. Today, we're actually going to receive communion as a family of believers. So I want to encourage you to participate with that. But if you prayed that prayer and you made a decision to be a follower of Jesus, don't just make it a one-time prayer, but begin to pursue him. Go after him with all of your heart. God bless you guys. What great worship testimonies and message today. If you said that prayer today and received Jesus into your heart, we want to connect with you. So we would love it if you would text GC Church to 97000. That's GC Church to 97000. We're here with our whole family today and we enjoyed watching online with you. So as we said earlier, we're gonna receive communion as a family. So if you wanna grab your elements, uh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says in verse 23, for I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So let's just pray before we receive the elements today. Father God, we just thank you for Jesus, his blood, his body. We thank you that we put ourselves in remembrance today on Easter of what he did for us. We ask you, Father God, to forgive us of our sins in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. So it says in verse 24, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen.